Thank you for connecting to this podcast from Faith Renewed Outreach Center. We hope that it's an encouragement to you today. For more information, check us out online at faithrenewed.org. Who's got a Bible? Cool, cool. If you had a Bible, turn with me to John chapter 10. John chapter 10. Man, I, I tell you, I'm, uh, I, I love getting with you guys and reading God's Word and, and uh, studying this thing out and asking the Lord to just do something in our midst. And that's what He wants to do today. He wants to do something here. I, I believe already He's healed and touched bodies. And I, I'm, I'm telling you, I just, there's no other name. And when you call Him that name, we pray and we talk to Him. He works and moves. And so He's doing that right now. So John chapter 10, verse 7 through 10. When you got it, say, let's do this. Verse 7, it says this. It says, Then Jesus said to them again, Moshe, surely I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All, all who ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. Verse 9 says, I am the door. He just want to remind us in case we didn't hear it the first time. I am the door, and if anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. Are you thankful that he came to give life today? Amen. Can we talk to him right now together? Let's pray. Father, I thank you today, God, that because of Jesus, we have access today into the throne room. And, Lord, we can boldly come in, Lord, and just spend time in your presence. And we're thankful for, for Jesus. We're thankful for the life that you've given us and, and for the opportunity for each person in this room, Father. We, we know today, Lord, that you love every person in this room, God, and you gave your son for every person in this room. And I want every person in this room to experience you in full measure, God. And we thank you that you came to give us abundant life in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. High five your friend one more time and say, man, I'm glad you're here today. I'm glad you came. Amen. It was worth it just to come for the shirt. Amen. But uh, there's more than that here today. The Spirit of God's here today. So uh, we are today concluding. Wow, man, that just that hurts my feelings, man. I have to conclude this series. But we have been in this series for almost three months, and, and we have been just pouring and pouring and studying and reading the Word. And we've been talking about no other name. Come on, can somebody tell me what that name is? Jesus, man, there is no other name given above heaven and earth, and, and like that name. And so today we have been, uh, we're going to conclude this thing, try to wrap it up, and, and, uh, but we have been getting a lot of stuff in us. And I love this. And just a few of the things, we've been studying that there's freedom in that name, there's power in that name, healing in that name, love in that name, amen? And we serve and we give and we pray and we are on mission together in that name, that's, that's is just something about it. So we're all on the same page, working together, going towards this thing. But today, I guess this is a, maybe the official conclusion because this is one series that will never end in this church. 
it'll just never end. It's just what we do, and uh, it's what we teach, and it's just who we are and who we're seeing that's changed us. And so, uh, technically, this is this series will end today. You won't be able to find it on on the web anymore after this, as far as these titles. But we're going to keep on talking about him. We're going to keep on introducing people to him. We're going to keep on experiencing him because this book right here is not a book of principles. It's a book about a person. And that's what this is. This is a book about a person, and it's Jesus. So as we even study other things, we continue to go back to and read and find out what he's telling us in this book. So uh, I'm pumped today to kind of wrap it up a little bit, so to speak, but just kind of bring all this stuff together. And today, as we talk about no other name, I want you to just, just hear me when I say this, that there is life in his name. There is. There's life in the name of Jesus. And so I'm going to today talk about and give you just four things. So if you're a note taker, I'd encourage you today to jot these things down. And, and again, statistically, you're a lot likelier to go to heaven if you uh, take notes and a lot less likely to go to hell. It's just, I, just what I'm hearing. I'm, I'm ringing Philip pretty hard. Okay, you're working. Thank you, brother. Do I need to change mics? I'll, I'll do what. I'm here for you, man, to serve you. So, uh, okay, good, good, good. But uh, I'm going to give you four things today, and I hope you'll hang with me and get all four of them in you and, and really just kind of hear this today because there is. There's something about that name. And in our text, in four verses, there's four things I want to point out, get in our hearts today, and get us to see today that are so powerful. And the first thing is this. Number one is that Jesus is the door. He said this twice in, our, in those four verses. He said that he is the door. Verse 7 says, Jesus said to them, Most assuredly I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. And doors are, I mean, sometimes we just don't even realize, think about doors because they're just a part of everyday life. I mean, you know, you just, when you walked into this building today, you walked in a door. When you got out of your car, you got out of a, through a door. You got in your car through a door. And so we just so many times just kind of go about and don't even realize, even think about, you know, kind of, you know, what even happening in that moment. But a door is access. You hear that? Door is, a door is access. And, and, uh, and doors are, are one of those things. I don't know if you've ever been in a building with somebody and, and things get a little interesting or maybe a little... Maybe you know, some of you new folks may have thought about this today, but maybe trying to ask where they want a door because you want to get out of this place or whatever it is because maybe things get a little excited. You may not be used to it, but just, again, a door is an access point. But we need doors. We, we, we need doors to get to where he wants us to go. And it's interesting that in the text today, he says that he is the door. So he's trying to tell us, he's trying to tell them that you're in a certain place right now. I would love so much to see you get to this other place, but you have to do this. You have to go through the door. I mean, it's just, you, you have, it's just kind of simple, but he's telling us, and I love how Jesus just kind of breaks it down for us. I mean, he knew I'd be reading his word one day, and he would, he would need to help me. And so it is just so simple that he knew that he, we were in this place. He's trying to get us to this point, and so he said this, I'm going to be the access to get you to this place. Doors are interesting. If you ever come to my house and you happen to go to the side door, there's probably a little blonde-haired seven-year-old kid who could very possibly be in that room. I don't know. He just kind of lives there. We have a hard time getting him out of that room. It's a little rec, rec room and it has his game systems, and, and he just hangs out there a lot. There's no doorbell there, so if you come to that door, you have to kind of just knock on the door. And so I, I kid you not, some of you have experienced this. This is what my seven-year-old will do. He'll come up to the door look at you, 
and then go back to doing his thing. I, I promise, some of y'all know what I'm talking about. That's my seven-year-old. But, but it's kind of interesting. And, and then we're waiting, and then later on we hear the front door ring. All right, we hear that front doorbell ring. And I said, well, we came to the side door. Caleb looked at us. You know, and he's good at that. I mean, he'll be doing his thing, take a look, and then he'll just kind of walk on his way. You, you, you know something? We have a tendency to do that sometime with Jesus. You ever thought about that, that, that he is that door? And sometimes I feel like we do that. I think we get so busy with life. I think we get so consumed and so interested in the things around us. He comes up and he's there. And then we even do this. We may even walk up to it. I'll show up and I'll go to church. I'll go check this thing out. And i look in the door. I'll look around. And sometimes we look and then we say, cool. But we walk away and kind of do our thing. But he's trying his best to get us to see that he is a door and he's trying to get us from point A to point B. And, and it's interesting, he himself spoke up. And, and I, a lot of guys do this. There's been a lot of prophets, a lot of people, a lot of teachers and people before and since who have said this, I will take you to the door. I'll show you the door. I'll do these things. But Jesus is the only one who ever said he was the door. And so today, I hope you'll get this in your heart, that he is the door. He's the door to walk. What's point B? We're in this place right now. He's trying to get us to this place. Where is it he's trying to get us to? And he says that it's the second thing. It's first one, he's the door. Second thing is, what is that door to? It is the door to salvation. Salvation. Now, let's, look, listen to verse 9. Verse 9 says that he said, I am the door, just in case you were wondering. Let me remind you one more time. He told him, and he says this, if anyone enters by me, he will be saved. We were singing that while ago, man, that Jesus saves and, and, and just getting excited and getting pumped about it because if you've been saved, you know it. I mean, you, you just know it. You know that you've been saved. There's just something happens. Something just begins to change in you. So today, maybe if you're wondering, I don't know if I'm saved. I would say this. It's very possible that you haven't experienced Jesus yet. But here's the deal. He wants you to experience him. That's his, that's his heart. It's his desire. Everything within him wants to have a relationship with you and have encounters where you live this life through him and access to the Father. That's his heart. And this word save is a powerful word. I mean, it is a huge word. Let's just listen by definition. This is the word it means to save, to keep safe, to keep sound, to rescue from danger or destruction. This is the word there that saving is this. It means that he even heals from sickness. And it is, the, it is a word that is so vast. It is just so big. And sometimes we don't understand how much he wants to save us, how much he wants to take us from point A to point B. And he is just throughout Scripture. It starts in the Old Testament, runs all the way through to the New Testament. I just put together one day of, of, of just a couple of pages of verses on salvation and what that is. And, man, it was just so full, so many just verses in there about it. Just a couple of those, Isaiah 43, verse 11 in the Old Testament. He says this, he said, I, even I, am the Lord, and beside me there is no Savior. Did you hear that? There is no Savior. So, so here's the deal. Outside of him, there is no way to point B. 
It, 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 here's, we see in the text, man, that people tried to enter some other way. They tried to sneak in. They tried to climb over, tried to climb under. And he said, it will not work. The only way to salvation is to go through this door. And sometimes we, have to, we don't even realize this, that we need to be saved. We need salvation. Sometimes we get so cloudy with things happening and we go through life and we don't even realize it. Some of us today, we may not even realize that we're in trouble. Listen, just because maybe things are going pretty good, that still doesn't mean that you don't need Jesus. And just because things are going bad, just still, it doesn't mean you have to understand that every person that is in point A, that he's trying to get to point B, has to go through this. Nobody in this room got there or will ever get there any other way. I mean, y'all, like I said earlier, man, y'all are some good-looking folk, but you cannot get there on your looks. You can't get there on what's in the bank, what kind of attire you have on today, what church you go to. None of those things will get you to that place. You have to go through the door, but we have to realize this, that we're lost. Every person in this place had to come to that place that we have to realize that we're lost, and we're the last ones to admit it. But I, it started for me, and it happens, it happens now as we get older, and it never changes. But for guys, we have a hard time a lot of times just admitting that we're lost. Some of you like, amen. No, we have a hard time. It doesn't change. You're, you know what I'm talking about. We have a hard time asking for a direction. We have a hard time saying, for me, I thought back, this started for me pretty young. I, I used to hang out with my dad. We didn't do sports stuff too much, but I went to flea markets. That's what I did. I mean, I, I went to the jockey lot, man. I went to auctions, and I went to yard sales, and that was my quality of time with my daddy, but I enjoyed it. I, I would go with him, and he would go sit up, and he would set his table up on Saturdays at the Anderson Flea Market, and he would put all these tables out. He'd put all this stuff out, and we'd go through it, and I used to go with him. And I remember as a little kid, I would go to him, and, and, I, and I'd, I would hang out with my daddy, just a little guy. I couldn't even see over the hood of the car, but I just loved hanging out with my daddy. So I would say, Daddy, can I go do this? Can I go get me some bull peanuts? Don't you ever. Uh, who said that? I not, who said it? You, somebody needs Jesus right now. She needs the Lord right now. No, those things, bull peanuts are a gift from God, man, I'm telling you. And I, I, real, I, I realized it early in life. And it's still, I still love them today. But I remember as a little kid, my daddy said, son, no, you, you can't go do that. You'll get lost. You're too, you're too little. And I kept on. I you know, tried to stand a little taller. Hold my head up a little taller. I said, no, damn good. I'm, I'm getting tall. Can I go get me some bull peanuts? And I just went on and on and on. Would shut up till finally he let me go get me some bull peanuts. Glory to God. I went. I knew where the bull peanuts were at. I was drawn to their presence. And I in that place, man, I, 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 I man, just enjoyed Had my peanuts. It wasn't but a dollar. Now they're like three or four bucks. But one dollar, man, big bag. And I, so I had my bull peanuts. And then I, I did this. I turned around eating my peanuts, joy in the goodness of the Lord. And... I looked up and realized I had no idea where I was at. Now, again, don't want to admit it. Don't want to, don't want to just say, okay, yeah, I'm lost. So I just kind of just sort of kept walking like I knew what I was doing. <laughs> Who's ever done that? You just kept walking like you know what, you know, fake it till you make it, man. Just keep on walking. And so I was just walking and I just kept, kept looking. Well, finally I got in panic mode. I remember this. I mean, I remember being a little kid, and I remember just looking out in this sea of vehicles and looking down through the, through the center of the uh, flea market and just a sea of tables. And so I began to pick up the pace, and I was running, man. I was running up, and I was running this car, and, and I was looking for the station wagon, man. We had a station wagon with the wood panels. 
Oh, yeah. Yeah, we was big time, dude, in my house. Rogers, man, we rolled big money. Wood panels. You know, it wasn't even real, but it, was just, but it looked good. But so, I mean, whoop outside. I was looking for the station wagon, and I was lost, and I was running around and didn't want to admit it, and finally I had to do this. I had to stop and ask somebody for help. Man, I, t- I was prideful even then, man. I was struggling with pride even at that age of my life, man. A little seven-year-old greasy braille cream parted over hair on the side, man. Still, that place prideful because I don't want to ask for directions. So many times we're like that. We're running around. We're trying to act like we got it together. We're trying to act like everything's good, but deep down, we know we're running wide open. We're struggling. We're trying to figure out how to get there, how to get from point A to point B. And listen to me, the only way today, if you're lost, to be found is Jesus. There is no other way. And there's something about that name. When you just begin to say it, we were singing it earlier, but you can say the name. Corey uh, Rose, one of our guys, was in the hospital this week, one of our young guys in his 20s, and, and has been one of those guys who's been attacked this week physically. And, and uh, when he was in the hospital, he just got bombarded with something, and, then, and it was struggling. He was struggling to breathe. He was coughing hard. A lot of things were just coming at him. And he, he, tell, he said, PT, man, he said, I felt like I was about to die. He said, I couldn't even hardly talk. And he says, but this is what I remember. He said, I just remember no other name. And he said, man, this is what I did. He said, oh, he said all I could say was Jesus. He said, I could barely get it out, but I got it out. And he said, man, he said, there was something about that name. Listen to me today. Every person in this room was lost. Some of you may still be lost. And today, if you'll say that name, he is the door to salvation. No other way but through Jesus. Third thing is this. We see that he's the door. He's the door to salvation. The third thing is, it's not fun, but it's true, that there is a thief. There, there just is. There is a thief. Verse 10 says that the thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. Now, and in this text, within the context, they were talking about false teachings and, and things that were being brought up and, and, and different ways of how you could get to, from point A to point B. And Jesus kept telling them, no, you can't get there any other way. There's only one access point, and I'm it. And so there's constantly things that the thief is trying to take from us. I, I remember, again, about the same age as I was when I was running around with my bowl of peanuts in my hand, I remember coming home from church one Sunday night with my family. And we walked in on Sunday night from our house, uh, into our house from church, and I remember the curtain that normally is laying flat in front of the window was pushed out of the window, and the window was raised. And my dad, he don't play, son. He would pull the man. He was pulling. He always made this carrying machine, son. He believed in the first man. He just carried the second man. He believed in it. And so he said, get back. And then he went through the house, and come to find out we had been robbed. And our house, and, and that's, that's a weird feeling. Have you ever been robbed? I mean, have, has somebody ever taken something from you? Some of you guys have been through that, and, and that's a tough feeling. And I remember I, I went in, he made sure everything was safe, and I remember this little bitty kid, as a kid, walking into the house, and I was looking around the house, and stuff was just thrown around. Stuff had been turned over, and, and there had been drawers just pulled out, and stuff scattered all over the bed, and, and it was just, I mean, it was just crazy, and I just was like, man, dude, where's my G.I. Joe's at, man? Huh. Hold on, dude. Hold on. Where's my G.I. Joe's, man? And so I got serious. So I went on a mess. G.I. Joe's were safe, man. My stretch monster was good, man. Anybody have Stretch Armstrong? 
I had, to, I had to stretch monster, man. He was a little sidekick of a stretch arm strong. I had stretch monster because my brother got stretch arm strong. He always got the good stuff. But, but I remember that feeling, and I was running around, and I was getting crazy, and I was looking, trying to find what would my stuff, because, again, it's a tough feeling when somebody steals something from you. Listen to me today. There is a thief. It's not popular. It's not fun to talk about. I, I know that you know a lot of you know a lot of folks just saying, "Hey, just you know, just smile. Everything's going to be good, and just keep positive mindset. Everything's going to work out." No, there's a thief. There's a thief, and his mission is this: his mission is to steal, to kill, to destroy. That's his job. That's what he wants to do. He does it well. He's on mission today. He's on point, and his mission and motive right now is to take everything he can from you. And a thief is like this: a thief doesn't just want to take what you've got. If you're a good thief, and he is, but he'll also want to try to stop you from getting to where you need to go. So he only does this. He's not just trying to take what you have, but he's trying to take what you should have. He's trying to stop you from walking in healing. He's trying to stop you from walking in victory. He's trying to stop you from all this because, listen, he knows, and he knows that you're a a tremendous threat. If you not only get the Jesus shirt on your back, but you get Jesus in your heart. And if you have him in your heart, whether you've got a shirt on or not, he knows you're a threat to his kingdom. He knows that you're coming in his, to, to take names, kick tail, and to wear him out. And so he understands it. So he is constantly in every way, in every avenue that he has, he is trying to take from you. And some of you, he's done that well. He's already taken stuff from you. But here's the good news about Jesus. He blesses us, gives us his strength, gives us his name, so that we can not only go back and take what the enemy's stolen, but we can stop him from taking things in the future. And again, that's only Jesus that can do that. It's only him that's able to bring this into our life. So again, you know that there's a thief there. You know the thief's at work, but that's not the end of the story. Jesus said this. He said in verse 10, he said, but I've come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. Come on, somebody. Think about it. He came that you could have life, and not just halfway. Not ju- he's not just some get-out-of-hell-free car, man. Not just to get you saved, and then everything falls apart in your whole life. He is a God who loves you. He is a Jesus who wants to have a relationship with you. And he says this. He says that I am life. I am life more abundantly. And I love this. And I think he put them real close together. Turn the page, if you got your Bible open, to John 11. Just flip the page. And just real quick, I, I, I want you to see what, what Jesus does here. He, he does this in such an awesome, incredible way. He comes in and backs up everything that he just said. Aren't you thankful that our, he don't, he's not just talk? Come on. I well, I better be nice. We got visitors here. But I, I hate people just talk. Can't stand that, man. All we're going to do, we're going to do, we're going to, hey, no, I want somebody to get in and walk this thing out, do this stuff. And Jesus didn't come in and just talk. He didn't just say this stuff. He didn't get up there and just say, I'm the door and I'm life. He goes ahead and illustrates it in the next chapter because one of his good friends, Lazarus, had died. And we see him in chapter 11. We see the story. Read it. I ain't got time to read it all. But read chapter 11 that you'll see the death of Lazarus. You'll see where he dies. This is one of his friends. And, and the disciples give word and they're free 
freaking out and said, man, we need to go do this. And, and Jesus is just calm. He said, God's going to get glory. And he said, just hang on. And so he just keeps on moving on and moving forward. And then Jesus actually goes to the town of where Lazarus was at. He goes to the place and he finds out that when he gets there, Lazarus had been dead for four days. Now, just, come on, just, just think. You, you had Jesus up here saying this stuff, not to worry, just trust me, I'm good, it's all good, he's my friend, and I, I've got this, i got it worked out. But then he comes in and shows up on the scene, and like most situations, when something happens, we have a tendency to kind of freak out a little bit. That's what happens here. They, they're all tore up. They're mourning. They're, they're tore up. They're worried. And they come up to Jesus. They said, Jesus, man, if you'd have been here, this wouldn't have happened. Were you? I mean, just, and Jesus just sits back. And again, he's just good. He ain't just talking. He walks it. And in verse 25, he says this. He says that I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. And he asked the question. He says, do you believe this? That's my question today. I've been up here carrying on, man, talking about this door, talking about this, this God who has access from here to there. And, and sometimes I, f- I feel like we just kind of go through the motions. We come to church and we go up to the door like Caleb and look in and, and give it that and just kind of walk back and do our thing. Today, please hear me. Listen to me. Do you believe this? Do you believe this? Do you believe that Jesus got up and spoke these words? And again, he didn't just say it. He didn't just say it. He goes on, and in the story, if you read forth, he goes over to the tomb of where this was at. And then he, he goes on, and he doesn't just talk. He gets up and shows them the full measure of his glory. And then he says this. Verse 39, he tells them, he says, take away the stone. Verse 40, he says, I come to you that you may believe for the, and see the glory of God. Man, it, just think for a moment what's happening here, what's getting ready to take place. And the Bible says when they rolled the stone away, that Mary and Martha were worried because King James says he stinketh. You can't stinketh. You got to hold your pinky up when you say stinketh. All right, I mean, he stinketh, you know. Uh, my modern translation, that boy stink. I mean, it just, he just, he, he, he stinks. I mean, but they rolled the stone away. He had been there four days. And probably pretty rough. But he's, he didn't smell good. Just to let everybody know, yeah, this thing's rough. Yeah, this thing smells bad. This thing's tough. It's a bad place. Death is never pretty. But listen to me. He said, I'm the resurrection. I'm alive. And then he gets up in the room and he proves it. And he says in verse 42, Father, he said, I know that you always hear me because of the people who are standing by say this, that they may believe that you sent me. He said with a loud voice, he spoke, Lazarus, come forth. Now listen to me. Only Jesus can do it. Only him can speak in the day to your stinking situation. Only him can speak into death, despair, the struggle, speak life into it today. And today he wants so much to do this and be this for you. He says that I am the life. And this is what I love about him. He doesn't just give you a new version of your former self. I think sometimes we just think that, hey, he's just going to do this. He's going to give me this kind of little bit new. No, he says that you will die. He says, but he will bring forth 
new life. Come on, 2 Corinthians 5, 17. If any man is in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things pass away, and behold, all things become new. Come on, all things become new. If you got on this road and you drove down through Pennsylvania right now, there's a community in in Pennsylvania. You could be driving your car and you could be going through Pennsylvania. And in one area, you'll see this this city life. Everything's going on. There's power. There's all this stuff's happening. And you see the hustle and bustle of life. The the lights are on. Cars are being driven or whatever. But if you keep on cruising, you'll come to an area called the Amish country. Anybody ever been to the Amish country? Country. Some of you have been there. In the Amish country, is this? You go. It's kind of probably a pretty nice life, just to be honest. I mean, so I'm not knocking that, but probably a pretty pretty good life. But you go there, and the the power grid, the power source that the town right beside them was connected to. These people have made the decision not to connect to the power. And here's the choice for us: we have to make the decision if we're going to connect, if we're going to hook up, lock with, lock into the power grid today. We have to make the choice that we're going to do this. John 14, 6, Jesus said this, and I love this book of John we've been hitting. He said this, Jesus said to them, he said, I am the way, I am the truth and the life. He said, no one comes to the Father except through me. No one comes to the Father except to him. Listen to me. I, I, I know, man. I, I live in this world. We, I know how tough things are. I know how crazy things can get and how difficult surroundings are. I understand that, but listen to me. At some point, you have to do this. You have to quit just walking up to the window, looking in and walking away. You have to say, God, I want to enter through that door. I want to walk into that place. I want to receive everything that you have for me. And it's called salvation. It only comes in no other name of Jesus.